So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. How's it going? I just imagine you beautiful ones here in the Northern Hemisphere starting to get your sweaters out, getting your cozy socks and um, brushing up on your tea collection, which is something that I like to do, make sure I have a full cupboard of stocked tea for these cool mountain nights. However, and I don't know if I've shared this with you, you have heard me talk about my isolation. Um, and it was when I shared the the recent episode about the womb, the moon and drinking, you know, there's so much more that I could go into about that, but that concept of having unmet desires or feeling unsatisfied um, can show up in a lot of ways, but what happens when you get alcohol out of your way is your access to hearing the voice that you're hearing already. The reason that you're here, I mean, you know, if there was no complaints about alcohol, you wouldn't be here right now. Right. When we do things that, you know, there's not a podcast that's called stop doing yoga and start living. Like when we do things that 
are in alignment with our highest truth and knowledge. We don't need to seek. They're not problems, right? So it's like we have to figure out why do we keep doing this thing that I know is not good for me. And I mean, it really, really, really is simple as that you've formed a habit. It's a learned behavior. Um, And until you take a wider perspective and generate more mindfulness and um, start to cultivate a new mindset around it, the act of simply not drinking will not be enough. And so that's, you know, what I'm emphasizing. Um, However, you know, there are not just habits, but lifestyle choices. And we had a pandemic. And so, of course, um, being engaged with people became kind of less of a an option in some ways, you know, I don't really like to make excuses about anything because I believe that, um, infinite possibilities are endless. And, you know, there were people to engage with. I mean, my family, my mother, um, there was just things that I, I didn't do. And there are things I continue to not do. I mean, I live close to, to pretty, like, I mean, I live an hour from Portland. I live an hour from, um, this really great little town called Hood River. And, um, I often stay at home. And my complaint is that I'm isolated and I really need to connect with people more. And um, mostly it's just that it's, um, there's like a magnetic frequency when we're in the, f- the the field of other people that sometimes we don't really know we're missing it until we're back in that circumstance. And I have to say that this is really resonant with alcohol on an even bigger scale. It's that we don't, know what we're missing. We were missing until you're on the other side of it with a new mindset. And it's just, it's like, oh my gosh, like how did I do that for so long? And why, you know, like, um, because the, the investment in, for me anyway, the investment that I made in alcohol and continued to make literally left me with nothing. It left me with the opportunity of the most profound transformation I've ever had in my entire life that continues to reveal itself because not only did I just stop drinking, but I was led on the journey of awakening um, and self-discovery of, you know, what really is my potential and shifting from, I've always kind of... (laughs) not really been, I really have been in the process of, of internal authority for most of my life. And I think a lot of that has to do with my mother, but I think I, some people are just kind of born, um, rebels. (laughs) I've always kind of had that nature. Um, so, you know, we shift the paradigm from external authority to internal authority. And there is that alignment with, the inner knowing in the creative center uh, in the womb space that is so potent. And the fact that, I mean, I talk to Matthew about this all the time, like how the moon and our internal rhythms are in direct alignment and how the moon, you know, sometimes I'm like, it was, you know, was there a greater plan? (laughs) Like in the, like in very intentional that the moon was created the way it was. And this is just kind of like my tangent is the knowing that the availability for information outside of what the human can, can, can share through language 
the availability to access a deeper, deeper knowing in outside of the three-dimensional realms that I really, really believe women have access to because of this alignment, because of this, um, this ability to create and give life, um, that that being intentionally dampened and removed and the feminine mysteries covered up through, you know, the last 2000 years. And, you know, there's so much we don't know about history, but there were times when the celebration of the wheel of the year and the mysteries of the feminine and the the mysteries of the moon were practiced and women were revered in different ways as powerful in their communities to have different knowledge. Um, And so this is just some of the studying that I've done in my own personal spiritual journey. And so it's not like there's no, you know, there's no external blaming or whatever. It's just this profound gift that I just want to emphasize to you that you, that alcohol is really, really covering up. And I personally don't believe it's an accident. I don't think that alcohol is legal in our world on accident. Um, when there are drugs that are much less harmful to the human. Um, but because it's like the social thing and, but it it does keep the masses at bay. It keeps our, our power dormant. And I just really can't emphasize this enough. So coming back to my, when I had this insight, um, this last full moon being in full alignment with the cycles of the moon, which is, and I, I believe I expressed this is like bleeding on the new moon, ovulating on the full moon, like literally. And there was something that was so powerful and it really helped me to step into personal responsibility and self-authority to no longer wait to make a change. Um, And that means that I need to move. I need to find another place to spend more of my time. Now, there are a lot of moving parts um, because I have a family (laughs) and I do consider them. But I, you know, I do believe that anything is possible. And Matthew and I have had enough time to cultivate our relationship in the way where we really want to support each other's growth outside of, you know, these expectations that we, that we have a tendency to put on relationships that doesn't allow for growth, right? We put each other in these boxes and it's like inside of that, we expect no one to change and want different things. And so, you know, I am very attached to this property and to this land. I mean, if you've seen images of it, it's, it's amazing. I'm looking at, you know, the most spectacular view. I love it here so much. Um, but it's not, it's not serving my needs and, um, and I want things to be more accessible to me. And, um, I may have said this on the show recently that I heard recently that your net worth your network is your net worth. And that means so much more than the net worth of your money, like the net worth of the quality of your life. 
Um, and I went camping with a couple of friends, someone who was moving at recently. And I went by myself and the boys stayed home and I had woke up in the morning and I thought, oh, I'm just, I feel so happy to know these these women to know, like have these women that I can talk to about anything. I can be myself. And it just is such a fulfilling feeling, especially as an adult to just not have to put on any airs. Not that I would anyway, but to be able to talk about all of it and hike and play and talk about life and be silly and all of the things. And I just want more and more and more of that in my life. I don't and I want to make new connections in business. So this is coming full circle <laughs> to um, what I really wanted to talk about today, which is imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is something that I find is a big fear for people before they ever take action on changing their relationship to alcohol because they've had attempts in the past that haven't worked. Um, and, you know, the way that this kind of settles into my story is that I have been forcing myself, <laughs> like you can only fake it till you make it for so long until you have to really, in you know, believe, really follow the voice of your higher self, right? And I feel like alcohol is the ultimate imposter syndrome because you have to continue to convince yourself that it's okay, which is what is so fascinating about alcohol. Because on, on, on the other side of it, I always call it the greatest you know, invalidator, but it's also this inverted truth. It's like everything alcohol, the habit of alcohol convinces you is true is actually the opposite. It's like, I'm going to be an imposter if I quit drinking and, um, I don't want to anyone to feel bad and shame anyone and feel righteous or any of that stuff. And when you really make it to the other side, it's like you don't feel that at all. I mean, I completely feel people's plight. I know how hard it was to change my relationship to alcohol. Um, and so there's never anyone that I judge because of their relationship to alcohol, because I know that it lies to you and you lie to yourself because of it. And so, you know, I have conversations with myself, like there are people that I see that are lying to themselves that I know have a deeper knowing about their relationship than they're ready or willing to admit. Right. And it's just like, we kind of, we save face it's, you know, and I, I mean, I did this with, with the house. I was like, no, it's not a problem. I love it. And until something's just not in alignment with my living situation anymore. And so it's not really the house. I mean, it's, it's me. So I want you to think about imposter syndrome and how that has shown up for you as a drinker and how it shows up for you when you think about being, you know, changing your relationship to alcohol, because the only way that you can really be an imposter is if you say, I don't drink anymore. And if, if you lie, right? <laughs> like if you're like, I don't drink anymore and I don't want to, and it's awful and it's terrible. And I can't believe that you're drinking. Right. But why is that necessary? Because we're all practicing something. Like I just started this, um, 
challenge, this workout challenge with a trainer called Ashley Horner. She's amazing. She's such a badass. It's called Hustle to the Muscle. (laughs) And like, I wouldn't not talk about that in fear that I wouldn't finish it. Right. Um, And there's so many other things like that in life. So why, when it comes to alcohol, are we so shameful that we want to try something new? And it's because of the thoughts of what you're making it mean to want a different relationship to it. Instead of it making it mean that this is a benefit to my life, your thoughts are, I have a problem, right? And people are going to think I have a problem and they're going to think I have an even bigger problem if I don't follow through. But the reality is, and I mean, I would really examine your brain around this. There's so much comparison that you look at other people's drinking. You look at what other people are telling you about alcohol. But what you have to realize is we never know what's going on in someone else's brain. We never know why people make the choices that they do. There are things about my life that no one knows about, right? Like my mother thinks that she knows everything and like there she doesn't, right? Like there are things that... um I will take to the grave (laughs) and, um, you know, we all will. And so we can't judge our experience and, and, and decide and make decisions for our own life based on the choices, the external choices of other people. And that is the only way that we can feel like an imposter is when we have thoughts of comparison right? And what's what we think something is supposed to look like. So we just have to really examine our own minds and ask, well, what is my truth based on my firsthand experience? Because that's the only real lived knowledge that you will have to understand how you've created your own beliefs and, and the feelings that you have and the challenges that you're going to face with alcohol. So there is some um, validity and usefulness to the concept of like fake it till you make it, right? Now, this is more of an internal processing, right? Like you don't need to just come out of the gate swing and be like, yeah, bitches, I'm sober. Like, well, look at what you're doing with your life, right? Like, no, you don't need to do that. But in, in the program, we have this concept called a belief goal. And the belief goal is a starting point for your self-concept, the relationship you want to have with alcohol. And so like, for example, one of my belief goals is I'm a million dollar earner. And so if I, you know, like this is pretty far off, but if I make decisions from that place, like for example, this morning, Fridays are kind of like my day off. I'll work a little bit, but I typically like to spend some alone time by myself in the house together, not in front of the computer. Um, And that can be really beneficial to my mindset also. But when I woke up this morning, I asked myself, would a million dollar earner stay like how, what decision would a million dollar earner make have made to get to the million dollar earner? Like she would have gotten her ass up out of bed and, and got to work doing some things and not scramble till the last minute. So I'm putting a little bit of work in ahead of time so that I can make decisions, right? So this is, and so then we use the five shifts in the ETA process 
And that's kind of the fake it till you make it. But people don't really love that term. And I don't because it sounds like am I being an imposter? No, you are creating a new self-concept so that you can generate the emotions that you need to take action from a place of curiosity, compassion, and conviction, right? Like if she has the goal that alcohol is no longer a concern for her, what would, what would she, what would they say, um, from a place of compassion, from a place of curiosity, right? Because then you get to expand your mind. You're expanding your mind to think outside of the limited box that, you know, our beliefs put us in because our beliefs put us in this box. And that's why the the process of, um, of holistic alcohol coaching with me is really a shift of perspective, but we can't have a shift of perspective if we're thinking the same thoughts from the mindset that created the habit of alcohol. So we have to, we get to pretend and use our imagination. And that shows us that, yeah, those are actually possibilities, right? Like I think different thoughts now as an entrepreneur than I did when I was an employee. You think different thoughts now as a mother or a wife or a you know, as a drinker than you did before, right? You as a grown woman than you did when you were a teenager. So, but you, but this is the process process of taking personal responsibility and intentionally creating our life on purpose. Is we have to think into possibility, not into probability, based on a past version of ourselves. We cannot solve the problem using the same mind that created it right? We have to solve it with a new mindset. So I really want you to think about the imposter syndrome being, being the drinker, right? Like that's the real imposter. That's not you. And the imposter of not drinking isn't about righteousness, isn't about approval from anyone else, isn't about rules, right? It's about who, what is the mindset that I need and who do I need to be to continue to know that my life is worth stepping into possibility, right? My life is worth examining what's possible on the other side of alcohol, Have an amazing day. See if you can try this this week and just think one new thought of the woman on the other side, the unstoppable woman that the alcohol is no longer in her way, that it's no longer a concern for her. How does she make decisions? Have an amazing day. If anyone has a suggestion for me, what I'm looking for for a town, (laughs) actually Hood River is kind of like the town that I want to live in. It's it's small, it's quaint, there's yoga, it has to have yoga, it has to have ecstatic dance and like a gym. Those are the things I want. Um, it'd be great if it had like some live music and coffee <laughs> shops too. But no, really, like it has to have a yoga studio, a, a one that's like working. Um, and most places do, we just don't. Um, a metaphysical shop would be great, but I want it close to a metropolitan area and even like an hour would be okay. Um, but close to kind of a rural area too. So like Hood River is actually perfect. It's a super small, quaint town. I just don't want to be close to Portland anymore. I like it. I love Portland, but I've been there, done that. And I also would like to go to where it's a little bit sunnier. And the Columbia River Gorge is amazing, but it does 
like the Hood River rains and it's very windy in the winter. So just kind of ready to change it up a little bit. And we might keep the house. Um, we're going to keep the house for now. And, you know, we live in this really beautiful tourist destination at the foothills of Mount Hood where people come and ski. So, <clears throat> you know, we will rent it and we'll see. And maybe Matthew will be here because um, he's got work to finish up here too. So it's a new adventure and I'm just excited about it. I'm trying not to make it a problem, but I am looking for suggestions because maybe there's a place that I don't know that you know that you think I would absolutely love. And I would love your input since you know me so well. <laughs> okay. My lovely, beautiful people have an amazing week. Imagine taking the podcast every week to the next level with achievable goals and an action plan tailored specifically to your needs. Finding personalized support is how you gain control of your destiny. In my private one-on-one -on -one coaching program, Fast Track to Freedom from Alcohol, you get your own personal cheerleader, that's me, every week, helping you get clear, stay curious and committed to what matters most versus resigning again and again to your habitual patterns. Every big change starts with one next step. Schedule a complimentary call with the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get a new perspective on an old habit.